0: My guest today is a former professional football player and Division I athlete from Chandler, Arizona. He is currently in the technology world as a product advisor with Microsoft. One of my first good friends at the University of South Florida. Came in together, really good dude, hilarious. He had me cracking up this whole interview. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Damian Edwards to Changing the Field. Damien, what's going on, big fella? Long time no see.
1: Yeah, man. It's been quite a while. Man, I haven't seen you in a hot minute.
0: Yeah, been like eight, seven, eight years or something like that. Where are you
1: at nowadays? Yes. Uh I am in Arizona, man. Went back to back to the home base. Yeah. Um, yeah, just chilling out here with my wife and Dude. dogs.
0: Oh, I didn't know you got married. When'd you get married?
1: Uh, last two years, um, February 2nd, I got married. So it's okay. been a year, just a year, over a year.
0: Very cool. Man, I wanted to tell you, bro. Uh, so I coached at IMG for a little bit, for, for one season, actually. And our national team had Chandler High School on the schedule. And I remember that's where you went to high school, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. Old Chandler. You guys made fun of me every day for that.
0: I Dude, what's so crazy is I was like, oh man, we're going to wipe these dudes out. And it ended up being a really competitive game. But I remember watching them on film and was blown away at how good you guys are. I was like, okay, so that makes sense why they're in the top 10 in the country every year. I I could not believe what I was seeing, how talented you guys are. People sleep on Arizona football, but... Y'all got some serious cats out there that would give anyone in Florida problems, bro. Like so much yeah. props.
1: Yeah. I, I would say the only difference really is, is that you just everybody in general in Florida is just quick. Like y'all for some, whatever reason at Florida speed, man, everybody yeah. talked about it and it was a real thing. When I came over, I was like, man, this is, this is a whole different ball game. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, we chase rabbits around here, bro. Yeah,
1: I I I don't think you did. I don't think you did. Maybe some
0: (laughs) No, I was slow, man. I was I did not get I'm actually uh from from birth, man, I'm actually like a a northeastern, midwestern type of dude. I'm not like a true guy, you know. You know, I wish I would have got blessed with some of that speed. It just never picked up like that. Yeah. Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's funny, though. So uh, first question I always ask everyone. And uh, first of all, let me just say thank you so much for, for wanting to come on the podcast and kind of shoot it up a little bit. Uh, first question I always ask everyone is when did you fall in love with the game of football? And, you know, how how was that whole relationship with you?
1: Um, For for me, uh, it was kind of just a blood thing, right? Because my dad had played before. He played 11 years, 13 years in the NFL. Um, And so when I – but it was before I was born. And so when I was growing up, when I was little, from a young age, My dad was a coach. He was a player's program coach for the Arizona Cardinals. And I was just saturated in football from a young age, right? And it just kind of got to the point where I, you know, fell in love with the the players watching everybody from, you know, back in the day, the Arizona Cardinals had Pat Tillman. He was still alive. Um, Rob Moore and uh, Jake Plummer and all those guys, the Mm -hmm. old school Cardinals guys. I got to meet them. I got to go to training camp every year. It was just one of those things where like I was saturated in it. So the love for me was just being overwhelmed with everything football. And then when I actually got to play, it was one of those things where the light just turned on. Like it was just, yeah. man, I get to hit people and don't get don't have to go to jail. And <laughs> I've been do I've been watching people do this for years. Man, I'm great. This is awesome. So it was just from a young age for me. It just kind of slowly saturated me with, with football. And then my love grew when I got to play.
0: So you, what what age did you start playing at? Were you like a middle school guy or were you earlier than that?
1: So it's crazy because it's funny because I, I had loved the game for so long, but I was always a big cat. Like, you know, I was yeah. framed for a while. Blessed right? with size so, for
0: sure. Yeah, size and strength. Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
1: So I was always going to be like two to three years ahead of myself in Pop Warner. So my dad never wanted me to like go and just get absolutely mushed into the ground. Right, uh, which I don't know if what happened, but you know we'll never know now. But I never got to play until junior high. So, oh wow! And we really only got—I got half. Like basically, they thought they were going to do a full, a full contact season, and then we went into uh, flag football. So I only played flag in, in junior high, but then when uh, my freshman year of high school is when I first got to play contact football. So. Mm. It was it was one of those things where it was a long time coming. So the anticipation was so high. But then when I got in, it was like oh pedal to the metal, right? Yeah. So
0: that's crazy. That's the same thing that my parents did to me, man. They like they made me sit back and like, oh, you're gonna play baseball, you're gonna play basketball, you're gonna do all this other stuff. And they were like, Oh, you know, you don't want to get hurt, you know, football, you'll get hurt. And at the time mm-hmm. I was like, get hurt. I was like, Man, like. Come on now, like I'm never, I'm bigger than all these other kids. Like I'm sure for you yeah. it must have been like even, you know, you must have been like six foot four or five in like middle school, bro. Like just ready to <laughs> on people. But
1: yeah, you know, I was,
0: I was of the mindset like there's like, uh, I mean, injuries and stuff. You don't think about that when you're in middle school. Like that's right. not ever going to you Yeah two pegs blown out later. And I found out, (laughs) (laughs) I found out what the realness was. (laughs) So, uh, as, as you were coming up, man, I know you were a guy that I met in college and I remember you being interested in a, a wide variety of, of different things, like probably more so than your typical football player. It seemed like you had a lot of passions outside of the game. Did you have any like clubs or, or outside interests that you were interested in, like, during high school?
1: Um, In high school, uh, I always had such a good relationship with the trainers. I was always interested in how the body was working and all that stuff, even if I didn't, like, put full force into, like, that and think about it all the time. I was always, like, trying to, especially with my mom being a physical therapist, I was always trying to find, like, ways, like, I used Kinesio tape before anybody in the basically our athletic department knew what it was. And like I had to explain what it was to them and stuff like that. So I, I always had a passion for like just the way the body worked. And then obviously I was a huge gamer. Like I was a huge techie guy. Yeah. So so that was one of the biggest things. I never really got into clubs in that respect. But like I had large groups of people that like I talked about tech stuff with building computers, that type of stuff. All, all those things were kind of in the in the on the back burner because sports was basically I played football and basketball. So those were kind of on the back burner for me.
0: Yeah. I remember people being shocked, bro. When we first came in, we were both recruited together and I remember people being shocked because you were so big, but you were so good at basketball. People were like freaking out. You were like posting up <laughs> and like dribbling in between <laughs> your legs and stuff. But I remember at that, that little court that we had at the edge,
1: like we used yeah, to get heated. <laughs> that was fun, man. That was a good it was time. Like, it was like an insane asylum room. So we were like real <laughs> physical. Added room, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the best times, man. Yeah. The edge, bro. I'm never. I tell people to the day, to this day, about the edge, bro, because the conditions that we were living in, and uh. then like just what we did in there. It was. It's just like, I know that everybody has their report stories over the, you know, through all the colleges and all the stuff, but the edge, bro, is like, is like a, a rite of passage.
0: Hall of Fame level, yeah. Hall of Fame level, like living arrangements. It was, if you can imagine, like brown water coming out of the faucet. (laughs) No lights in the bathroom. (laughs) No lights. Yeah, Yeah, sharing four, four. So two to a room, but everyone, four people sharing the same bathroom. Four college Division one football players sharing the same bathroom. Oh, my God, dude. That was... That was surprised some savagery. i surprised
1: I, did, surprised I didn't get like tetanus or something like that.
0: I'm surprised we didn't all get arrested for throwing water balloons off the top of that thing. <laughs> bro, that's when I knew BJ had a cannon, bro.
1: Yeah, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> BJ hit, it, hit the car. and I was like, oh, man. that was going We're going to the, jail. the parking lot. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, that was fun. That was good times, man. So would you say... Uh, you played a little professional ball too. So where, where did you play pro ball at?
1: So it was, it was like a really, really short stint. And it's one of those things where like, this is when I knew that like it was over for me not to jump ahead or anything, but like, no, that's cool. Um, I it was a very short stint with the LA kiss um, in the arena league. Like basically I got there and like, they liked me a lot, but it, it just turned out to be something where it was like all politics, man. And I, I basically got there, um, practiced a lot. They, they had me rotating in on first team and with, with the guy that was already there, like and a whole bunch of NFL level guys come down to the arena league just to like continue to play. So he was an old cat, but he was savvy. Um, and within like the first two games, I think one of our star, um, DB or uh star wide receivers got hurt. So you have to basically go around and try and transfer and trade through there. And offensive linemen, uh, especially rookie offensive linemen in that, even in that level are like the first thing to go. Like, that's like, your, yeah. that's, that's basically the, um, the first position to release so that you can get somebody else in. So they released me. And like, that was kind of my shot. And I was like, okay, well, let's see what I can do here. And then maybe go to the next level. And it just kind of fell through as well again. So after multiple tries of trying to go other places. And so I was just kind of like done with it at that point.
0: Who was, who was the first person that you told that you were like kind of thinking about hanging them up and retiring? If you can Uh, remember.
1: Yeah, it was definitely my parents. Um, especially my dad being someone who played in the NFL it it was funny because he had never really dealt with um not making it right so he you know he had this crazy story that took him to the NFL and for him it was it, i think it was kind of hard for him to watch me kind of struggle to get in there and make it to that next level so you know it was always an interesting conversation between me and him but then when I told him that I was kind of done looking to try and get somewhere you know he had he'd kind of been like yeah I I thought this was coming for a while because he watched me struggle so much and like have a hard time with with trying to you know get past the politics of it all and and actually get a shot in front of somebody so my parents were definitely the first.
0: Did you feel like did you feel like Maybe you had like disappointed like your like social support network a little bit because I know I know w- without you even answering that bro, I knew from from knowing you in college that the bar had been from for you even since you first started playing football the way that you had talked about it the bar at least in your own head was you had to play in the NFL. Like there was there was nothing that was you know short of that you had to play 13 14 15 years in the league which I mean to to look at the statistics of that is absolutely it's like you're you're like at that point where it's almost expected of you to hit the lotto and it's like how like I, in my opinion I I, I kind of it was weird because like my dad had the same you know, feelings of of me playing professionally and that it was something that was you know hey this is mm-hmm. what's going to happen it's it's a foregone conclusion it's like then when you get yeah. to college even to the college level for me it was an eye-opening experience of being like damn some of these cats are really freaking good like yeah, yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> like whoa <Yeah. laughs> but but uh how did how did you feel? like what was like the emotional stuff that that kind of came with retiring for you?
1: Um, for me, it was kind of a mixed bag because I was like, you know what, ah, it's finally like I'm the struggle of being in limbo is kind of over, but then at the same time, you're right, I did have that bar um that like high expectation from you know not just my dad but my brother went to go play overseas professional basketball so you know everybody That's right. everybody had had kind of um reached a level of success with their careers and for me not to it was just really one of those like kind of like real eye-opening like you said like i i felt like i had some success in college and then to to basically have it all just kind of uh whittle away was was definitely disheartening for sure like i and i could admit like i kind of dealt with a bout of a mini depression just because you know Same. i'm the one yeah. that didn't succeed right i'm the one that didn't get to where i needed to get and i didn't reach the level of playing professional um uh, you know ball that I, that I thought I was going to, right? So, it, it definitely hit hard for and it, for a little while. I had to kind of find my way.
0: Yeah. So, now, now, how would you say, what were some things that kind of helped you, like, cope with that? Because you would be shocked, dude, at how many, just through doing this podcast, how many people felt that way of, you know, you're so engaged and committed in in playing football and Mm -hmm. making it to the highest level. And then all of a sudden, you know, for 99.99% of the dudes that do it at the college level, it never shakes out like that. Even some of the best athletes we ever played with, bro, never even got a sniff. So the fact that you even got into, into a couple games or, or got on a squad at the professional level is 20 steps further than I ever made it. So you mm-hmm. know, it's it's nothing to shake a stick at. Like maybe in your family, like the bar is, yeah. tough, <laughs> but you know what I mean? But for other people, even getting a step foot on a professional field is something like, damn, like you could say you played like pro
1: ball, like you got paid for it, you know? Yeah. That first, that, it was crazy because like after I got done is when, like, I got like one small one during, but like after I got done with uh, the LA kids, like, the ADP. Then they went through ADP, which is crazy, like, how small-scale the Arena League is compared to, like, NFL stuff. And, and It's just funny. But, like, the ADP check came into my house when I was... And, and it was, like, the last final one. And then that one was, like, uh, a real, like, sh- like just, like, oh, shit. Like, this is really... Dumb. Pardon my French. This is yeah, no really worries. done. This is really done. Like, I'm absolutely finished with it. Yeah. And... Uh, Sorry, I'm getting off topic from the first question. No, no, go for it. Um, And it was – there's – especially with the level that, like I said, my whole family got to, it was – it was just tough, man. Like, sorry, I actually forgot your question. What was the question again?
0: I forgot it too. (laughs) (laughs) I was just listening to you, bro. I was like – I'm like captivated by what you're saying because I always – without us ever i I know we kind of lost touch over the years but i always kind of wondered about like how you were doing with all of it you know what i'm saying because the Mm -hmm. bar like i said like the bar for you i had forgot your brother played professional ball basketball over in europe i just like i knew the bar was so high for you and i was like you know part of me starting this podcast was reaching out to these these former players and teammates of mine and kind of reconnecting and you know, because I know I went through the shit when, you know, excuse my friends, but I went yeah. through it as well, you know, in, in, you know, going from that transition to where it's like, man, I thought I was going to be a baller. Like, now it's like, we teach <laughs> middle school, bro. <laughs> like, what happened Shaping to me?
1: Like, <laughs> yeah. what's, what's actually really funny, dude, is, is, and like you said, we, like, you're actually one of the connections. um, that uh through USF, that I was like really. Um, it was unfortunate that we just lost touch because, dude, like, I some of the funniest times and some of the best times in college where I can remember where where we were in the locker room just like wailing the tailor a towel around like to like yeah. crazy crazy
0: Metallica,
1: all, yeah, all <laughs> kinds of stuff. We get, get going on like guitar solos, air guitar yeah. solos, like. Right into, like Dude, like it was just crazy, but like your 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 friendship and your connection was one of those that I was like, man, I I talk to people all the time about like, oh, this the funniest guy I've ever met oh, is, man. is this man Jeff Hawkins in in college, and just like tell him about <laughs> us going down and watching, you know. Um, the move, the 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 videos of like all the crazy stuff, like when we reported in the Edge, another Edge Oh screen. yeah, <laughs> just craziness, man. And I and I would say, without you even having to ask, um, what drew me to it so much—the the game once it got to that level—was just the camaraderie with with like the guys yeah. and stuff, right? just the times we had in the locker room where we had a full pad dance party because it <laughs> rained and we couldn't, the lightning was coming down. And we couldn't even, like, craziness, man. But, like, the camaraderie and just, like, the the competition with those guys that you're so close with every day where you're like, oh, I, I got I to gotta go out and, you know, beat uh, the, the McCaskill's ass today. Like, I got to yeah. go do this. Yeah, you know, just the competition part of it. Like, today – when you walked off you could be like today I was better than those guys today like yeah I had that I had that edge on them today then yeah. there's days where my helmet just got knocked completely around and I was looking <laughs> at the back of my helmet and then I was like they were better
0: than me right yeah yeah that is how it goes man especially at that level bro it's like you win some you lose some but I think the the, the crazy thing that I pulled from it and, and, you know, I didn't get a whole, I don't, I, I didn't get as much playing time as you did. I think I, I probably may have gotten the least playing time out of our whole class just from like all the injuries adding up and, and, you know, the competition and stuff. But
1: mm-hmm. I just,
0: the thing that I feel like I really pulled from it was that ability to, to put the pads back on every day and just get, Give it another go, like give it another crack at life, and, mm-hmm. and you know, be willing to kind of go through that fire and just kind of muscle up on it, man. And, and know some days you're going to take an ass whooping, and some days you're going to win some, and then you know it's not it's not so bad, you know. And you learn a lot, and, and that's kind of one of my mottos in life is is moving forward. is like if you're not winning, you're learning. You know what I'm saying? Right. Taking like, losses, it's never a loss if you learn something from it, but. Hopping off my pedestal, man, what, what level of control did you feel like you had over your decision to retire? Did you feel like it was like a voluntary thing or, or did you really feel like it was, Hey, you know, opportunity had come and gone. And that was all she wrote.
1: Um, for, for me, it was definitely voluntary. Uh, maybe I could say it was a mix of both because it was basically them releasing me so that they could find other talent for the LA kiss. But, um, it was me just deciding at that point that I wasn't going to go try. Cause I could have reached out to, you know, I had a few connections, especially in Tampa Bay. I was talking to the guy for the Tampa Bay storm at the same time. I was talking to the guys for the LA kiss. Um, And I think he may have passed along my name, the guy from the Storm. And I can't remember his name now. I completely forgot. It's so long ago. But I feel like he might have passed my name along to like for this up and coming brand new team. You know, here's a guy that's that's, you know, fresh out of college, blah, blah, blah. I just decided not to reach out to like a couple of the contacts I had in other arena teams and then obviously uh, other places. And I had been training. Uh, for one to two years after, like, the LA Kiss thing happened, and I probably trained for another year and and just decided. And then through that time, I actually, and I don't know if you know this name, but his name is Deuce Latoui. He was an offensive lineman for the Arizona Cardinals uh, during their Super Bowl run time when they lost and everything. But um he actually took me under his wing, and kind of we trained together with a with the guy that I was training with And he had given me, like, this and that and promises here and there to, you know, oh, you know, I'm going to go back with the Raiders. Um, I want you to come and live with me and we'll train. Maybe you'll get a shot that way. And then that, that just all fell through in a matter of, like, months. And he just completely went ghost on me from being, like, a mentor to, like, completely just going completely gone and ghost on me. I had no idea where he went. And that's when I was like, man and that this probably the sign this is this is it
0: yeah Were you, did you feel like you were kind of looking for a sign i mean because for me it was like by the time the the road had ended i i kind of like breathed a sigh of relief of like you know this wild ride is kind of over like i'm i'm kind of you know i was i was definitely you know not not really hesitant to jump into real life but definitely kind of like you know I I, football for me had like run its course to the point where I had almost like kind of started like despising it. Like I didn't want to watch it on TV Mm -hmm. anymore because I felt like, you know, it's like that, that, that X, you kind of feel like you got used and abused, man. And like you didn't (laughs) get what you wanted out of it. So I was like, man, hell with all that. Like, but you know, it's kind of, the love is rekindled, you know, especially through, you know get an opportunity to coach and stuff like that like I saw a different side of the game and stuff what was what was your first gig or job after you got done playing ball and like how did it come about
1: um it's it's funny because I had lots of connections in like the nightlife um, side of things one of my old teammates from high school was the head of security for a nightclub and and when I came back, I just kind of fell into, like, a little bit of, like, a you know, I'm going to train a little bit. I'm still going to go to the gym every once in a while, play some basketball, because I still love to to do that uh, at the gym and stuff. Um, and then I play video games. So, basically, that, that whole lifestyle led me to, basically, uh, bouncing, right? I'm a big guy. I'm right. a friendly guy, you know. <laughs> And, you know, I, I can use this to earn a little bit of money on the side here and there, you know, basically it it turned into like a, almost like four or five days out of the week that I was, that I was doing that. And, you know, it just kind of helped me fall into kind of like that lull where I kind of was forgetting. And I would still, I was exactly the same as you described. I would look at certain things like, especially, and this is a name you'll remember, Quinterius Eatman. Watching him play in like other right. areas and like getting chances, and I was like, man, I felt like I was better than that guy. So I was having yeah. that little bit of resent right towards certain situations, and I felt like the world screwed me a little bit, right? Yeah. Uh, just like you, um, and it, it just the disillusion of of the whole thing. And the politics side of it really like kinda crushed me. So I was like, ah, I don't I'm not sure. I don't I went to the I went to Sunday, you know, football with the guys and with like, Oh yeah, yeah, oh that guy's good, blah, blah blah but I wouldn't be that interested just because um It hurts, you know, man. Yeah, it hurts. It hurts watching
0: hurt it, yeah. No doubt. so, so did you have like, did you have a plan for retirement, like as you were like playing and stuff like that? did you have an idea what you wanted to do or maybe a dream like outside of football?
1: At first, I didn't, man. Like I said, I kind of fell into that mini bout with depression about certain things. So like i I got a little bit more out of shape, and I just kind of was not focused on doing anything other than you know going to the club on the weekends and and some during the weekdays and you know making sure that I'm enjoying myself and I never really got mixed up in like the hard party life with the liquor and maybe some drugs or anything like that but I definitely was like going on like a Tuesday to like industry night and you know on a Tuesday yeah. going out and partying you know like like a degenerate
0: uh, huh. join the club. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so going back to Ocala was tough as well, bro. <laughs> you know yeah. how it is, man. You're explaining a lot of it even, right
1: now. Yeah, I can't even imagine it. Just like, and I remember when we kind of were close, and you're like, "Yeah, oh, that, can we just passed through Ocala Ocala to get to to yeah. uh, Gainesville." That was that was interesting. But yeah, man, it's, it's interesting indeed. The countryside, yeah,
0: Florida. That's a, yeah, the, you wouldn't expect it, man. So, yeah. so as you as you went through, you know, uh, that phase of like kind of being disconnected. It's crazy that you say that because it seems like you know there's so many parallels for all of us how it went. Like you mm-hmm. feel that that disenfranchised moment, and then you kind of. You know, for a while there, you're kind of in limbo and kind of trying to figure out, like, what are you going to do next? How did you come to like what you're doing now? And, and do you feel like you kind of found like a passion outside of, you know, outside of like the nightlife and, and kind of getting into your own thing?
1: Yeah. one. Um, it was actually funny because you talked about the support system. My, one of my, my actual best friend, he was my best man. Um, he was working for Microsoft at the time. And he had just started and he was like, Man, you because like there was a couple of times where I had worked with him before I left for college. And you know, it was just always like a good friendship. And he was like, Man, Microsoft, this is an awesome place. Like you can do this and that, blah, blah, blah. It's the sky's the limit for whatever you want to do. And I he tried to get me in. And for what I didn't have very much experience other than the bouncing. So I didn't get hired on right away. And, but he kind of always kept in touch with me about that kind of stuff. And, and then, you know, I, I finally figured out that like, Hey, maybe something to do with finance is going to be my, my, my go-to. So I ended up actually doing mortgage uh, for a while after that. I was a real estate or not real estate. I was a loan officer for a little bit. Okay. And that and that kind of took me for a while. I met my wife. Um I met my wife through the club stuff, but like while while I was, you know, figuring it all out, I was with her. So she kind of saw a lot of we had just started dating. She saw a lot of like my bad tendencies and my kind of depression that I had. And so having to, like, her getting in, in my ass and having to find something that could, like, you know, really get me interested and sustained, she was a huge help with that as well. Um, just like, okay, you need to find something. Like, you need to try and commit to this and blah, blah, blah. So she was a huge help in that respect. I won't say that to her. You know, maybe she listens, she'll hear this, but I wouldn't say that to her face, you know. <laughs> just like, oh,
0: no, but... tell her. You got to tell her, man. And,
1: yeah. Um, no, but it's, it it was, it was definitely those two that helped me. And then it's funny that years later, after he had been there for about five years, he was getting his shot at the next level. And then he just kind of was like, when we were getting married last year, he was like, Hey, they're doing, you know, I know it's been a long time coming, blah, blah, blah. Now that you've got some stuff underneath you, they're doing a job fair. So I went from getting ready for my wedding like a couple of days before the day before two days before to going to a job fair to coming back to help for the wedding and then after the wedding like a day afterwards they let me know that I got the job it was just like one of those things like oh man this is awesome. wow I just got <laughs> married and I got the job at Microsoft so that's what's up that was awesome
0: so how do you like it what, what are you doing there
1: Um, Right now, I'm at, uh, it's called the Scottsdale Fashion Square Mall. I'm at the Microsoft store there. And so it's crazy because a lot of people might not even know that Microsoft has a storefront, a place where you can come and, you know, learn about the products, but also buy products and stuff like that. So I'm a product advisor. I'm kind of the front-facing part of the company. I am going to greet you, you know, see if you need anything. If you're looking to buy, I'm going to help you and tell you about the products we have. and then also, I'm going to come off the floor, go back there with certain people when they schedule things and teach them how to do Excel, PowerPoint, uh, um, what is it uh, Word, all those power like all the stuff that you need to do. basically, the working average adult. Is gonna so need it's gonna know how to use.
0: Yeah, so it's like, do you guys like do like certifications or anything like that?
1: So we don't do certifications, but it, just under that we basically like, if you need help on how to do some things in Excel, like that's probably my weakest, but I definitely know a lot more than the average human on yeah. that. But just, you know, if you need to put a paper together, if you need to know how the system, you know, maybe some shortcuts in the system, uh, that'll help you get more productive or anything like that. Like basically you come in with a problem. Like we have a guy that comes in every week who just needs you to basically help him do the basics. He's an older guy. I've changed out his uh, pictures. I've put them from one flash drive to the other, you know, <laughs> uh, any, anything you can think of it's, that might, you might not know how to do or things that you have no idea can happen on the computer. I help you out.
0: Nice. So if, how, how would you say uh, a young athlete could prepare themselves to kind of get into, into a career with like a tech giant, like Microsoft, like what would you say would be like uh, to like a 19 year old athlete right now that one day wants to work in like, in like that industry, what would you say like to help get them there or help prepare them for that?
1: Um, That one would, would be uh just like just like being an athlete. Uh, what I would say to them is just like being an athlete, like right now when you're working on your craft to try and perfect it and go to that next level, just spend time, you know, because there's so many resources out there right now that you can go to and learn how to do it. I self-taught a lot of the stuff before I even started working with Microsoft. And then that just helped me in the interview that I knew how to do a lot of the stuff. So I think... Really, just focusing in on learning. I mean, Microsoft Office is not going anywhere. It's going to be there for a long time, right? So, just kind of getting uh, abreast to that technology and learning how to. And like I can tell you that the operating system we have right now is going to be the last one that they make, and they're just going to continue to upgrade it. So, just getting really familiar with technology and the Microsoft. office and then the obviously the operating system is, yeah. is just the best you could do because I mean everything else, the salesy part, maybe if you just have great communication as well, try to build up. I was always able to talk to people and you know build great rapport. So yeah. that's not everybody's experience, right? So maybe just learning to kind of come out of your shell as well and how to communicate with people, make sure that they understand what you're saying and that, you know, building that communication skill is, is a huge piece of it because you deal with people every day.
0: Right. So kind of parlaying into another aspect of, of this interview that I like to do with people. Do you, do you still do anything like working out or anything, or do you still compete actively or has has that kind of, you know, now married and stuff like that? Or,
1: um, not exactly competitively, i just I just like I said, I like to play basketball at the gym, and you know I have you know kind of for lack of a better term gained weight and became a frame, you know, so it's one of those things where I'm getting back into really trying to get into shape again <coughs> pardon me after after all this time, kind of you know kind of get my trying to get my career together and focus a hundred like a lot on that. Now it's time to kind of. Now that I'm 29 years old, it's time to. Time to like try and get back into shape, and it's a little bit harder now.
0: (laughs) Everyone's on a different timeline, bro. Everyone's on a different timeline, man. You you'll come around (coughs) to it. The shit that the shit that that I find and that I found has been so empowering in my own life because I've been through the same shit you're talking about right now. When I was coaching. got up to, and I know this is like laughable to some of the offensive line guys, but I got up to 295, bro. And I was like, you know, for me holding my weight, my playing weight was around 250, 245. So putting that kind of weight on my frame was like, you know, debilitating. But I found out something that really worked for me is just really trying to like, you know, Try and focus all of your energy into like the diet and eating and stuff like that. And even if it's just some little, just hey, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, drink soda anymore. I'm sure you've heard all that shit.
1: Mm -hmm. You know,
0: not gonna drink soda, not gonna do this, not gonna do that, and then you just kind of start narrowing it down. And it's how I'm not perfect. I don't have a six pack or nothing. I still got a (laughs) belly on me. You know what I'm saying? But you
1: know, just the hog daddy belly.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> really it's just about finding, I was, uh, I've been doing a lot of research on just trying to like, you know, help myself because I, I struggled, it's crazy to hear you because I've struggled a lot of the same ways that you have with the depression and, and you know, just kind of having to battle and battle and battle through life all the time. And it seems like you don't catch that break. And it sounds like you have caught a pretty significant break, you know, being married and, and with the Microsoft gig, it's like really <clears throat> like, tell you light up about it. And it's so it's, you know, just developing around the shit that you love to do. Like you love mm-hmm. to play basketball. So just keep doing that, man. Keep doing that. And and that's like great, tremendous, like physical exercise. You love learning. You love being around the technology stuff. Just keep digging, man. Just keep digging and, and yeah. finding those passions that you love in life and let yourself be drawn to that shit. And also don't be afraid to try some new shit. Don't ever be afraid because if something's like calling to you, like, like for me, it was this podcast and kind of getting this off the ground. It was calling to me. It was calling to me. It was calling to me. Right. And then, and I knew I had the, I had the ability to learn it. You know what I'm saying? To like teach myself how to like edit audio and do all this other kind of stuff. I knew I had the ability to do it, but I was just terrified to get on a microphone and put my voice out there to the public to let people judge me. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, you know, kind of cutting through that has been one of the most like rewarding things that I've done so far in my life because being able to reconnect with you fellas and and getting to see you again and and shoot the shit with you on top of hearing your story and like how far you've come and stuff, man, it's like, it's, it's on a selfish level. I take a lot of inspiration from seeing you guys doing well and and hearing, you know, that, you know, mm-hmm. You're battling bro, you're battling your ass off. And just hearing you say like, Oh, I'm 29 now. Like I should have my shit together to whose timeline. You know what I'm saying? Like not yeah, nobody's, yeah. nobody's ever lived your life. You know, yeah. nobody's ever lived in your shoes. Nobody can say shit to you, man. Like that, that's what, I don't know. I'll, I'll get off yeah. my high horse bro, but that's like, that's how I'm feeling, man. I'm just so stoked to see that, you know, you got, you got, you got it rolling. Like you, you got a little snowball and now it's like kind of taking that, that rolling down the hill thing, man, it's going to take some effort shit, bro. But you'll, you'll definitely get there, man. Just keep battling, bro. Keep battling. no
1: doubt. And I wanted to say, I, I really appreciate what you're doing here. And this is, this is something that I think a lot of people need to hear for sure. And, and I think it's, It's just awesome that that's why I had to shout you out and like a hundred percent come on here uh, with you because like this is uh, super important and like this what you're doing and it's awesome that this is like something that kind of like you know called to you because like it's just it's just too hard to express how important this piece of of the mental game is right after the after effects right it's. Distress that, that 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 really you know I was such a high expectation, but the fact that the numbers said that I I had a, a less of a chance than a, than more of a chance of getting there something I didn't want to think about then, but now it's like why didn't I and and that's what I would say is something that I would say to athletes now, other than like getting into my field, but just in general, man, find that backup career and i couldn't even say backup but find something like you said that interests you that that develop
0: passions yeah
1: develop passions And and it doesn't even have to be a career it could be a hobby because now in this day and age you can take a hobby you can take making um wood carpentry or like anything like that you can take that into your own business right and start making things for people with your own hands and and stuff like that and it's funny because i struggled with whether I was going to say it, but almost like if you think of a specialization before you get to that college level, like if you want to be an athlete, that's absolutely perfect. Like you can go do the college route. But it it but maybe develop a specialization, like a trade. Yeah. And and have that be your backup plan because, you know, truthfully, you know, some people didn't even like we had we know lots of people who didn't make it through all four years of college, right? Yeah, and 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 then what did you
0: get out of it? You know, and then what
1: did you get out of it? So like, if if it's not for you, then maybe you know you can you can almost decide to leave it at an earlier at an earlier point and go to do that trade that you love. You know, that type you feel like? Do you feel like
0: looking back on it that you regret how long you played, or do you? Because it kind of sounds like you know if if you would have had something else would you have tried to do that something else did you feel like no. you' kind of okay. no i
1: don't I don't regret it at all not one bit because those Good. were some of the best times you know some of the best times and some with some of the best best guys I've ever met you know so it was it's definitely and i I don't say the you know maybe it's not for you thing because I regret it it's just that I know that there's people that do it that are pressured into it not wanting to do it Right, yeah, oh, I have to go to a four year school and play ball because you know my parents you know said that I had to or something like that, And they feel the pressures from their social circle, like you said. I know kids that I talked to that were coming out, they were like, you know man, i don't I don't know if that's what I want to do, but you know i am I'm, I'm still going to Scottsdale Community College, and it's like, well, why yeah what 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 are you doing that for right Fine. if you if you know that you like to go. Um, do metal work or if you like to you know if you already know the ins and outs because you had to fix it with your dad of, of an air conditioner and your specialization those guys make a lot of money right yeah. Yeah, not that it's always about making lots of money but it's like if you're good at something or if you know that you're good at something commit to that right and just go to it don't feel pressured to to have to go do something you don't want to do
0: yeah, it's a lot easier to wake up every day and go to a job that you love as opposed to because I've been in both, bro. I've been, right. I'm sure you have too. It's right. been some times where it's like, man, I, I'm like not feeling this. I'm not trying to go to work. But then it's like like, you know, eventually you get into a gig that is is enjoyable. And all of a sudden Mm -hmm. the light in your eyes starts to come back. And it's like, damn, like, I I know my wife has seen me go through the ups and downs and ups and downs of going to a job that I hate, going to a job that I love. And she says it all the time where it's like, it's a noticeable difference in your day to day demeanor. Like, and that's why I say, bro, 29, 30, 31, 32, you know how many people have been uh, a story that I always think about is. Rodney Dangerfield, you know the the Mm -hmm. the comic, he was super famous comic. That dude didn't, you know how huge of a comic he ended up being. That Mm -hmm. dude didn't even start doing stand up comedy until he was like fifty five, bro. And I might get quoted, I'm probably off on that. But when you think about it, there's people that like Anthony Bourdain didn't have any success. He was like a heroin addict you know, RIP to him. He's like a huge inspiration in my life with the traveling gigs. But he was like a, a a drug addicted cook in New York for years. And then all of a sudden stuff just popped off for him. And that's like kind of the hope that like that I think, you know, if, if people out there ever end up hearing this, uh, you know, whether they do or don't just at least hear that it's, it's not, on the timeline that you think it's going to be on, it's all mm-hmm. going to it's going to play out different for everyone. And I hope you know with you. I hope you know you keep doing what you're doing, bro, because it sounds like you're starting to kind of see that that crease, that light of you know. If I keep mm-hmm. Joker, eventually it's going to break, and you're going to get what you want, man. I'm proud of you for hanging in there with it, bro. I'm very very proud yeah. of you,
1: man. Appreciate that.
0: So, with everything being said what what kind of support do you think uh, like a school like like how we went to USF, what kind of support do you think that they could provide players in that transition in the retirement and then afterwards? Because I know uh, currently at right after we left, and I know I'm talking a lot, But after we left, USF Mm -hmm. implemented this thing called the Leroy Selman Mentorship Program, which has been huge for some of their players. And it's kind of like this thing where, uh, you know, as you're exiting college, you're done with your playing career. They hook you up with a mentor for like a year, I think. And I'm trying to get there. Oh, wow. Right. in In whatever career field that you're interested in or whatever you got your degree in. Like I was talking to Mac. Uh, Joe Jilbe, Joe Begovic. I always butcher, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know how I'm on a mic right now, bro. <laughs> but <laughs> but anyway, uh, he was telling me, and I'm trying to get the uh associate athletic director at USF on the show to come and talk about the mentorship program. She was also a, a division one gymnast, but um. Uh, She could probably tell you about it better, but it's about a year or so that they hook you up with a mentor and kind of like get you into that, that career field that, you know, you're interested in or whatever. So Mm -hmm. I was just, I wanted to know what, what you thought, like, is there any kind of like, out of, out of all the interviews I've done, 10 out of 10, if I did 10 interviews so far, 10 out of 10 of them would say that they had some kind of mental health stuff, leaving, exiting, their athletic career so mm-hmm. is there any like psychological uh career stuff anything that you think that in an institution like uh usf could provide their former players just off the top
1: what's actually really crazy is that without without even knowing that and like knowing that they provide that that was kind of my suggestion i was like man somebody with all the money that the football brings in and like the, the programs that they might be able to establish, and it wouldn't even take that many people to probably get that going is exactly that, that mentorship program is somebody that can check in, even just check in on somebody. Right.
0: Yeah, Because
1: that's huge mentally with like, you're disappointing. You like, at least in my case, I felt like I was disappointing so many people in my circle that like I was kind of on this pedestal for them. And then, and then I wasn't like, I didn't want to talk to them about it. I didn't want to talk to like my best friend or, you know, this or that, or, you know, even maybe even sometimes my parents about it. And then, but if there was somebody else that was like, that, that knew exactly what you were going through, because that's also what you feel, right? You might be alone in the fact that you feel this way, Yeah, you know? So if somebody who, even if they were a mentor in the field that you were in, or if they were somebody connected to the team still, that that has been in the the corporate world or wherever you're going, but is still trying to help you get there, to talk to them about like, hey, man, I don't feel like anything's going right. Or, hey, you know, anything like that. That would be huge. And And the fact that USF is doing that now is actually really crazy. I mean, I'm 3,000 miles away, so... I try to stay up with USF as much as I can. And right. I talk to some people every once in a while. And I, I've been meaning to, now that it's more of like a set job, because I have been kind of from job to job, just kind of figuring out what I wanted. But yeah. now that it's, I'm more in a set position, I do want to start like actually coming back to USF. You cause, should, cause man. I, I've, I've, seen, I've seen those pictures, man. And I just see all the, <laughs> all the, the big pots. Yeah, yeah there, man. That the, you know, from Evan to John LeGiste, yeah, uh, to all the all the boys, Mike. Uh, that's the one I'm waiting for you to do is Mike Linares if he if he decides to.
0: Yeah, yeah, I got to yeah. hit him up, man. I got to hit him up, see what he's up to. I know he's yeah, had, doing gigs and stuff like that. He's he's having a pretty successful go of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that's the guy I wanna I wanna hear you talk to and stuff like that, but. Yeah, I just need to go back and get around some of those guys. Um,
0: That's a support network. Set,
1: yeah. That's and what it is, man. just figure out what it is. And actually, um, I don't know if she reached out to you, but Sierra, uh, who was there with us, I think she's still tied to it somehow or some way still doing it. And she reached out and was like, hey, I need your information, your updated information uh, for um, USF so that we can – because the, the the new coach wants to grab like they all do. Most of them just say, "Oh, we want we want alumni more involved." Well, she reached out and she actually sent me a form to get all my updated information so that they could like mail and call and do stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Okay. To
1: try and get us to come, but I, I'm definitely gonna this year is it's my goal to get back and and hang with you guys and go to an alumni event. That would be dope.
0: Even even if just to reconnect, just utilize like like Facebook or social media, I haven't had any kind of social media in years. And just, you know, that's part of that thing Is is, you know, for me, I was never that dude to open my mouth or so I thought in my head to try and reach out to people, especially if I needed help. But since starting this whole show and everything like that, I've been actively reaching out, you know, former teammates, like guys that I've never met before, trying to kind of connect with them and see what what they thought and if they wanted to come on the show and stuff like that. And just that, bro, has been so... Therapeutic mm-hmm. to me to to reach out and have these conversations and stuff. So don't don't ever hesitate, man. We all shed shed blood together. We cried together. We lived together. We ate together, bro. Don't ever hesitate, man. If you want to hit me up, I'm sure Landy would love to talk to you. There's so many guys out there that would love to hear from you again, man. So it's not like mm-hmm. like. You know, you may be 3,000 miles away, bro, but you'll always be dripping in green and gold, man. There's nothing we can yeah. do about it. We're alone. Yeah. You got your degree yeah. from there. Like, that's what it yeah. is, man. Like, yeah, we'll always be bulls, man. So if you come back, man, like, like people would love to see you, I'm sure, man. People would love to see you. Yeah,
1: I know absolutely. I would, man.
0: I'll introduce my wife to your wife. You know, we could say what's yeah, up. But- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: absolutely. Absolutely. Man, that, that's just, it's crazy, man. It's crazy that. It's it's kind of taking this long for me to be like, man, I need to do it. I have to go back. Yeah, I have to go back there, and,
0: and it's just, hard.
1: Yeah, it it has been, but but I mean, like I said, I like you, like you said, I've been battling. I'm in a, on a really good spot, so it's just time now where I need to like start focusing on keeping it that way and and reconnecting with the guys that might not be having that great of a time or you know whoever it is right, just getting back into that, into that, uh, into that atmosphere with the brothers.
0: Yeah. Well, shoot, man. So with all this being said, man, what, if you could go back and talk to senior year of high school, Damien and kind of give him some, some advice for like going through this journey and stuff like that, what, what would you tell him in to like prepare for like, you know, life I guess. I don't know if I word that question correctly.
1: I I would say for me, um, part of my, um, regret for, you know, how things shook out and all that stuff is that I I knew myself that I didn't fully commit at, at all the times that I needed to. So I guess I would tell myself, uh, commit fully, don't let distractions, um, kind of blind you and you know we were told all kinds of things when we were coming out and and while we were there that like you know i let one thing go it let go one one ear and out the other because i thought i had it all figured out right and i was like oh i'm fine i'll be i'll be on i'm on the right track um just commit fully and don't let distractions get in your way um to keep you from reaching the heights that you're that you're looking for because i knew i had lofty goals. The bar was set high, but I, I guess I kind of let those things kind of crush me into mediocrity sometimes. So I would say fully commit and just be a hundred percent invested in what you want to do. Um, and maybe eat eat a little less junk food in a salad every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Same, bro. Same. Yeah. I Love to eat, yeah, little, man. Yeah, a
1: little less junk food in a salad every once in a while.
0: What would you say? if you don't mind me asking, you don't have to answer this. What, what would you say some of those distractions for you were? Cause I know what they were for me. What what were some for you?
1: Um, t- shoot, uh, to, uh, a certain. De- oh, to a certain degree, it was, um, vi- like just video games in general, like, and then also, um, I'm not saying it's a, it's a bad thing, you should never have it, but uh, when it was the most important, uh, I let my relationship with an ex-girlfriend kind of get in the way. And I let that cloud and be more of a focus than it should have been. Um, you know, that type of thing. So definitely the relationships yeah. and I think your vices. So video games was a vice for me. I would go practice, go to class, come back and play video games sometimes, you know? So yeah, it was definitely, uh, one of those things where video games and, and, and females were, uh, yeah. were definitely, <laughs> uh, uh, some distractions.
0: For yeah. Me. It's crazy. Cause sometimes y- you look for that distraction because whatever you got going on in your life is so, so trying or so difficult. You know what I'm saying? That's what I find myself. Like I still got a PlayStation 4, I just got the new Doom game and it is nice. as good as it's ever been. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah,
1: as good but as it will get.
0: Yeah. It's it's cagey. Yeah. It's cagey. But, <laughs> you know, I find myself throwing myself into stuff like that. A lot of times when I'm trying to like avoid, you know, I trying to avoid something and it's such an easy release too. Cause it's like two or three hours go by and it's like, like, Oh man, like I didn't have to deal with that. And then all of a sudden when you turn the game off, finally go to sleep at like 12 o'clock at night. Hopefully if you're lucky, then all of a sudden it's like, damn, I still got, I still got all my stuff that I got to get done and it didn't go anywhere. So it's yeah, like, right,
1: right. Really, like, you said,
0: like you said, man, you really got to be try your best to stay disciplined. I know a bunch of young athletes could probably do well from hearing what you just said. No doubt. I know I could, I could have definitely done with that advice when I was coming up, you know? You're right but uh anyway uh i think you know as we kind of close this thing off man is there anything else you would like to share anything else you'd like to get off your chest
1: no man i think uh you pretty much encapsulated uh the, oh, with your with your questions with your set um that that kind of cover a lot of the basis and stuff i wanted to get off my chest i don't really got anything else Cool, man. Just just super appreciative of the opportunity to come on here, man.
0: Absolutely, bro. You always be a brother, man. Hit me up whenever yeah. you want to. And I, I really, really, really sincerely help, you know, having you come on the show and, and be so willing to be like one of the early participants, man. It's it's tough as hell trying to get, you know, some of this stuff out. Cause I know for me at least, I always use me as like kind of a uh like a comparative stick but you know some of this this emotional stuff that we've gone through is tough to kind of rehash and i I really appreciate you you know digging in with me and and trying to you know hopefully support some of these guys that will go through this kind of stuff so Mm -hmm. very very thankful for that and much love bro always and uh hit me up man whenever you want
1: same here man same here
0: thanks brother talk to you soon man
1: yep Sounds good.
0: Thank you all again for tuning into this episode of the podcast. Thank you again to my guest, Damien, for giving us all some great insight into his journey. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe to this show and join the conversation on Facebook and Twitter. About to get a LinkedIn rolling soon. That's it for this one. And until next time, go do something good for someone. Peace.